Good afternoon and welcome to News You Can Use, a Pennsylvania Stands Up podcast about people, power, and politics. I'm your host, Pele Ergang Leiden. I use he, him, and I'm the organizing director at Pennsylvania Stands Up. I am so excited for our show today. Um, we are going to be joined in just a little bit by some candidates running for office in the Lehigh Valley uh, that I'm really excited to talk to. But first, uh, as you've come to expect here on the podcast, we are joined by Dr. Ashley Strange, our Director of Narrative and Communications. Ash, how are you doing today? Oh, I am peachy keen. Really tired after last week, but hey, I mean, it's a Monday. I'm here. Really tired after last week. Yeah, Ash, you and I, we've been, we've been on a, a bit of a road trip of sorts. We've traveled around the state last week for our whole home repair week of action. How, how was that for you? I, I really enjoyed it. Honestly, like having, having rallies uh, is, is something that, that I haven't done a lot of this year. Um, I, I feel like, like a lot of times, a lot of the work that we do is kind of behind the scenes. And so to actually be out in the streets, talking to people and like getting people really fired up about whole home repairs has ugh, it's just been really exciting. Yeah, we've been talking about this on the podcast for a little while, the, the whole home repair week of action to get $300 million more million to fix our homes across Pennsylvania. And this past week, we, uh, Senator Nikhil Saval from Philadelphia, came to our regions, right? came to Allentown, came to Reading, came to Lancaster, and we put on these, uh, these press conferences and rallies where we talked about whole home repair, uh, how it was already helping people in our communities and how we need even more investment from the governor and from the Pennsylvania legislature in this year's budget. Yeah, I think that for me, really one of the, the most exciting things was, was, hearing, was hearing people's stories. Um, not only that, but also, uh, you know, being in the areas. So we were in, uh, you know, we had driven to Lancaster, we'd driven driven to Reading. Uh, I didn't have to drive far because I live in Allentown, but Pele, you had to come from Philly for all of these. But uh, I think the most exciting thing was hearing people's stories and really how similar they are. Like literally everyone is going through it when it comes to needing home repairs. And uh, the other exciting thing was probably seeing all of the uh, billboards <laughs> that we have in Pennsylvania, those lovely, lovely billboards. Um, either uh, condemning you to hell or threatening you uh, to, you know, get <laughs> to vote for, to vote for somebody. Um, but I, I just, all the signs everywhere, the, you know, what kind of area you're in based on the flags you're seeing, uh, some good, some bad, um, you know, you feel safe. And then another mile, you feel less safe. Uh, and so it's, it's really invigorating to know that like tucked in between all the, the rows of, of cemeteries and, and cornfields. We've, we've got people that are ready to make a difference. <laughs> you see those billboards, they're like, heaven or hell, the decision is yours. And I'm like, that's, that's kind of biased polling, right? Like, I, I don't know who's, who's choosing hell. But, Not only that, um, it's, a, it's a binary mindset, you know. <laughs> yeah. My favorite part of these whole home repair events was definitely seeing the stories. I loved how local elected officials came to these events. 
um, whether they had a speaking slot or not, they wanted to be there um, and got to have a lot of good food in all these places. You know, in Lancaster, we went to the um, the Lancaster Market, the the oldest indoor market in uh, in in the country. And I got a soft pretzel, and the soft pretzel had a hot dog inside of it. When in and Rome, when in listen, Rome. that just makes me believe in a future where we all can thrive. A hundred percent. When I when I see when I see pretzels uh, stuffed with things or things stuffed with pretzels, I I know that that Pennsylvania is going to be okay. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. The other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, there was this this ruling. Uh, there was all this confusion about um, abortion pills, um, and uh, and really like the the right to uh, the right to choice. Like, and I, when when people talk about like why the ruling came about in the first place, it's because there were uh, there were lobbyists and people on the right who went judge shopping. And they were like, look, we can figure out how to literally remove these life-saving drugs from people um, by just cherry picking a judge that will that will vote in the in the way that or that will rule in the way that we want. Uh, and that part was really, really frustrating. And it's led to like all this other debate. What role does the Supreme Court have in our healthcare decisions and all that? But the thing is, is that the people on the right were really looking at uh, they were really looking at the systems that they had created, and they said, "How do, like, <laughs> how do we make this continue to work for us? We built it so that it works for us. Let's let's use it to the fullest extent of the ability that we can." And it's kind of like the Jeffs we've been talking about, right? The you know we we're, we're giving people a break from from bad Jeffs at the beginning of the podcast, but it it really shows that like. People with power, people with money, are continuing to use the systems against us, and um, I, I really, especially with all this good news about whole home repairs, and you know, in May, uh, on May first, we're gonna go uh, to to the Capitol and and really push for the things that we need. I think that it really shows like what the difference of the power of the people is versus the power of of paid lobbyists and people who literally built the system and are using it to tear us down while we are using the system to, to help build people up. I've heard that like at Costco, if you go shopping for judges between the hours of two 30 and four, you may get access to free samples. That's true. That's true. And as long as they're pretzels, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's, uh, let's fight for a world where we are the ones that get to make the rules that we are playing by, not the billionaires and the corporations or seek to destroy us. Unless and those on... billionaires have pretzels. I want to be really clear on that point. Yeah, with, with beer cheese, with beer cheese. Anyway, uh, I think that's probably a good segue out of this conversation. And um, Dr. Strange, thank you for joining us, as always, with the hard-hitting facts and takes. I can always count on you. Happy to do it. All right, so we are going to move on, and I'm very excited to introduce our next guests. Um, I've known both of these people for a while now. Met them. Uh, uh, we were all, we were just young little organizers trying to make change when we went about five, six, seven years ago, and today they are both joining us as candidates for public office. Uh, joining us uh, is Rodney Bush. Rodney is running for Allentown City Council, and John Irons, who is running for Lehigh County Commissioner. 
Rodney and John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Uh, thanks. Thank you. It's, an op- it's a great o- honor and opportunity, so I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Pele. It's good to, good to see you. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Great to see you both. Great to see you both. Um, so um, we, we're excited to talk today to get kind of the inside scoop about what it's like to be a candidate to run for office. We probably have people listening who have thought about this before, maybe are thinking about volunteering. So um, let's, let's just start by hearing a little bit about your story, why you decided to run. Rodney, we'll start with you. Can you just give us, give us the lowdown? Why, uh, why, why are you running for city council? What, what led you to make this decision? Um, well, so I've been in community organizing for uh, over 10 years, um, and the idea uh, has gone around. If folks have asked me to run, it's asked if I'm going to run. Um, you know, uh, and I think that right now is the perfect time for me to run. Um, and not because of myself, that like literally folks in my community have asked like me to run in this moment in time. Um, we have, we're on the, we have affordable housing crisis that's happening and it's only going to get worse. Um, we have public safety that needs to be addressed in the city of Allentown. Um, and I can keep on going down a list of things that need to be changed and the folks, the community, the village, uh, wanted me to run. So I, I, you know, I support them and they support me. Answering the call. That is awesome. John, what about you? What, uh, what led you to make this decision to run and tell us, tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, I, um, I moved to the Lehigh Valley about six or seven years ago in 2017. Um, and I moved from California, uh, which, you know, sort of liberal democratic Mecca, um, and coming from California where my vote meant, pretty much nothing in terms of federal elections to Pennsylvania, where I was voting in a swing county in a swing state, um, was a pretty, pretty big change for my own political consciousness. Um, and so as soon as we got here, uh, my, my wife and I, we got involved in um, a couple of local organizations. That's where I met Rodney. That's where I met Ashley. Um, and uh, that has just sort of taken a trajectory where um, the issues that we've been organizing around, we've gotten a lot of uh, traction and support from local elected officials. Um, and some of those officials are not uh, running for re-election this year at the county level. And so I decided to step in and continue our work specifically around ending solitary confinement. Um, this was a ballot initiative that had a lot of support. Um, and I want to continue fighting for that change uh, at the county level. And so that's why, that's why I'm running. That's why I'm getting involved this year. Awesome. Thank you. Um, you know, both of you, uh, you know, I know both of you in both of your stories, you, you were community leaders, community activists before you decided to run for office. And, and something that I know about both of you and Rodney, you said it here is that, you know, people asked you to run. People were, were, you were, you were called upon by your community to run for office. And I think that's usually a pretty good sign that you are the right person to be the candidate, right? We meet people who like they've decided it was their destiny that they were going to run for office before they even started knocking on doors in their community or anything like that. And um, that is clearly not the story that, that, uh, that we're, that is from each of you here. Um, what is it like being a candidate? What, it, what, it, what has surprised you? What, what is interesting? What is hard? Um, John, we'll start with you and then we'll go to Rodney. What, what is it like being a candidate running for office? Yeah, I think one of, uh, one of the surprising, maybe not surprising, but one thing that I've really noted is that um, even in the primary, and I'm in a contested primary, there's seven candidates running for four Lehigh County Commission seats. Um, and everyone is always sunshine and rainbows. Um, there's not a, lot of, not a lot of animosity 
in the room. And so uh, it's really been uh, hard to know, um, you know, who you're talking to in terms of how are they like supporting or feeling about you or talking about you in and out of the room. Um, and so sort of dealing with the, the politics of politeness and the niceties um, from, uh, you know, democratic spaces has been a little bit challenging because I know that the reality is that there's, you know, there's establishment side, there's, um, you know, a, a grassroots side, there's a lot of different factions at play here. And so learning how to navigate that um, amongst people who I had existing relationships with has been probably the biggest challenge for me. Yeah, people love avoiding conflict. Uh, Ronnie, what about you? What's What's been surprising to you? I mean, a lot of lot, right? Um, so there, there's a space where folks have asked me to um, to run, um, and you know, I have a great community that that supports me in that. But I didn't realize how many enemies I had um, until until I actually put my name in a hat and um, how trickery, I guess, treachery. I, I, I'm trying to think of the right word of like how um, mischievous people can be, right? So now folks that I know behind closed doors, they're saying that they don't like me, they don't support me. There's, I had put my hat in for the appointment for Allentown City Council back in December and January. And I guess there was like this, there was this whole campaign around my activism work, why people should not be supporting me. Um, so that was very surprising. And folks, you know, I, I have a great, uh, the, the village supports me, um, but I guess there's also folks in that village that still do not want to see me win and don't want to see the change happen in our community. Um, so yeah, that's that's been one of the biggest things that I, that's, you know, kind of taken me back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's nothing like vying for power that will show you who really doesn't want you to have that power. Um, I want to hear a little bit more about uh, who those enemies are, who those opponents are. But first, I want to hear what are the what are the issues that you're putting front and center in your campaigns, and who who are the people that that have your back? You know, who who is the village that is lifting you up so that you can make it over the finish line to uh, to be the next city council person or county commissioner? Rodney, we'll start with you. What what issues are you putting front and center? Who are the people, the organizations that you feel like? have your back in this. Yeah, absolutely. Situation. Thank you. So, um, so one of the major, my, my major things is affordable housing, um, um, restrictive zoning. Uh, we have to relook at the way we look at public safety, um, and look at the different models, um, for our police department, or our police force, right? Not every time somebody picks up the phone and call 911, there needs to be a police officer present or by themselves at least. Right. Um, so those are the major issues that I'm facing. And I mean, organizations, some of them are nonprofits, so I don't want to, you know, kind of put their names out there, but like individuals like Dr. Hassan Batts and obviously my, my father, Dr. Greg Edwards, um, Phyllis, Phyllis Alexander, Ms. Sharon Frazier, Camilla Green, um, Pastor Haley. Um, I mean, this it's, and, and I could keep going down the list, man. Like, I mean, obviously, clearly, Lehigh Valley stands up and PA stands up and make the road and Working Families Party um, and power, power, not power interfaith. They, they have a, a C4 side to them now, but like all the organizations in the area that have been doing the work for like the past 10 years are in, are in support of me, right? The, the Democratic Black Caucus, like it's 
I can keep going on and going on, like folks that really support me and I get behind me and that lift me up, but also put me in a space that like, Ronnie, this is what you're doing wrong. And I, and I accept that feedback folks that, that trust me and that I trust as well. So. Absolutely. Need those people in your, in your campaign. Uh, John, John, what about you? What, what issues are you putting front and center? Who are the people, the organizations that you feel like are, are lifting you up on this campaign? Yeah, I'm uh, the sort of main slogan of my campaign is putting people first. So I'm starting the conversation with looking at what do people need? And from my background in organizing, knocking on doors, having conversations and listening, you know, it's about turning those stories into a platform, into action. <clears throat> and so um, a couple of things that that are higher on those those priorities is uh, similar to Rodney would be housing. Um, you know, uh, from a people-centered uh, perspective, it's about keeping people in their homes, making sure that we have stability um, and, and uh, uh, comfort in, in homes and housing for, for folks and keeping them in there. So I want to limit evictions. Uh, I want to make sure that we're providing rental assistance. And I want to work with great programs like Whole Home Repairs um, to ease the costs of, of home ownership and, and, you know, building for, for the future. Um, I'm also uh, interested in holding our jail and district attorney's office more accountable. Um, again, uh, you know, the sort of our neediest people uh, who are struggling with mental health uh, problems, with drug addiction, with homelessness, they are the ones who are most likely to be wrapped up in the, the criminal justice system. Um, and I believe it's in a predatory way. And so we need to make real bold decisions to stop putting people in jail for these small, tiny offenses that should not uh, result in their incarceration and their you know, placement in solitary confinement and those kind of things. So uh, I'm gonna challenge that. And the last thing is that my background in education, um, I make a lot of calls to the county for social services, for mental health interventions, for children and youth um, services. And I know that those those supports are very reactive and I wanna get them to a place where we're being more proactive and thinking about the future. Um, so putting people at the center of it has really uh, helped frame everything away from you know partisan talking points to what is it that we need to get done and why is it that we need fresh decision-making perspectives at all these different levels of government. So when we talk about people and what the people need and what they tell us when we knock on their doors, that's what's gonna, that's what's gonna motivate you know, a successful people-powered platform. Um, and I've really enjoyed having um, sort of coordination with uh, a bunch of ex existing elected officials. Um, uh, I have support from a couple of sitting commissioners. I'm, I'm running with a great, uh, you know, slate of, of Allentown city councilors and a couple of other commissioners, uh, candidates that, um, you know, are creating uh, a, a shared vision uh, for Lehigh County. And I think one of the ways that I'm seeing that is that when I go to the doors, when I have these conversations, we are all talking about the same issues. Um, and regardless of where people sit politically, um, when we talk about warehouses, when we talk about housing, when we talk about development and criminal justice, um, some of that narrative work that we've been doing as organizers and as elected officials has really influenced how, how the, you know, the public understands these issues. I'll tell you, both of your candidacies sound really easy to support, right? And I'm hearing similar things, right? We're talking about, we're talking about you know, people living in safe and secure communities, right? People having a home that they know they can stay in for a long time. People knowing that if they call for emergency services, they're going to actually get help. They're going to get the support that they need. Um, 
And, you know, the thing that you just said, John, we, we have seen on the doors that no matter where you come from, right, no matter if you are high income, low income, if you're black or white, a lot of people want the same things, right? They want good schools, they want safe neighborhoods, um, they want decent housing. And, and so it's, it, it doesn't really surprise me, but um, it is interesting then when, when like Rodney said, you, you see the, uh, your, your opponents come out of the woodwork when you start running to actually make these things a reality. And uh, want to ask you both, you know, who are the corporations, the special interests, the party establishment, who are the people that, that are your opponents that are, are running against your vision? Um, who, who are the people that you're having to face in, in, in this election? And John, we'll, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think um, when uh, looking at esta- the establishment, um, we have uh, you know, both elected and unelected establishment leaders within the Democratic Party. Um, and they're opponents in the sense, not that we don't agree on certain issues, but um, they're opponents in the sense that they're maintaining the status quo. Right. I think when we're talking about power and trying to win and use power for for people, for our communities, um, as soon as you get into a position of power, there is a, 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 an impetus to try to maintain it. Right. To try and hold on to it um, and don't feel like anything's threatening you. Um, and so I think that um, those interests that are trying to maintain the status quo um, uh, are probably the most uh, fundamental opponents from, from my perspective um, because uh, they don't like fast change. They don't like talking about big ideas. They don't like creative solutions. If something hasn't been done before, then it has to be put off the table. Um, and talking about it is threatening to the stability of that table. Um, and I'm not trying to upset the table, but uh, I think we need to have real you know, real meat on that table if we're going to actually be, you know, making decisions and, and fighting for, um, you know, making real change that's going to deliver us the future. Um, outside of that, I think that um, uh, developer money uh, in the Lehigh Valley is probably the, the largest opponent, and it's really hard to nail down because it exists at multiple levels. It exists at, like, big corporate, like, out-of-state corporations and corporate developer companies that are coming in and trying to purchase land. Um, influence elected officials around zoning policies and things like that. Um, but it also trickles down. We do have like small, you know, landlords and mom and pop developers um, that sort of make, you know, make this big, it's, it's harder to sort of identify that, that, um, that opponent uh, holistically. Um, uh, and then I think um, when we talk about criminal justice reform, uh, the biggest opponents there are, are the folks who, again, want to keep everything the same, and they think that public safety is just hiding the issues of poverty and homelessness and mental health uh, behind closed doors um, and behind an untransparent justice system. So if they can keep everything there, then they're gonna feel, people are going to think that they're doing a good job, the public's going to think they're doing a good job, and they're going to support them blindly. And so that uh, overcoming that, um, that institution of, of you know, um, police and district attorneys is definitely a, a large um, opponent in, in, in my mind. Yeah, yeah. So we have the, the party party establishment, real estate, the police infrastructure. Rodney, any, any, anything to add? Who, who are the folks we need to be keeping tabs on because they're, they're trying to keep our vision from being real? Yeah, I mean, John touched on a lot, man. Like the, like the, the police force system um, is, I mean, they, that 
personally has um, uh, cost me. I mean, honestly, I, I, that's the reason why I think I didn't get the appointment because of the police force um, and my prior activism work. Also, like the powers that be that are that like are keeping folks limited. Right. So we're in a space that like Allentown has about 130, 135 um, thousand people. Our voter turnout is maybe 7 percent. Right. And this is an awful year election. Right. So how, well, how do we keep how do we get folks engaged and um, what creative ways can, can we do? And at every time that there seems where there's some progress being made, we, we get hit with a roadblock. Like, why can't we engage with this this community? Why can't we, you know? Um, so I think, I think, yeah, I mean, John touched on a lot, but definitely the norms, man. Like, how do we, that, that to me, and that's to me is one of the biggest reasons why I'm running. You know, obviously I clearly want to win. I want to be able to, to help uh, push this this era of change that definitely drastically needs to happen in the city of Allentown. Um, but also like, I want folks to know that this is this space is possible um, and that your vote matters um, and that like the every day to day things that you don't think you have a say so in, you actually do. I know the, one of the major issues that we're facing right now in the city of Allentown is the parking authority. Um, and, you know, I think that that and where do they pull tickets at the most and what populations are affected the most. So, um, yeah, I, but the biggest thing is to get folks engaged in not to allow voter suppression to be happening in our county. Yeah, well, while low turnout in these elections is, is, a, is a big problem, it also can be a, an opportunity, right? If we mobilize our community, our bases, we can win these elections um, without having to get 100,000 votes, right? Um, thank, you, thank you both for answering. I think it's important that we, we talk about who, who are the opponents of our vision because our vision is popular. The majority of people support our vision but there are, there are corporations, there are wealthy individuals, uh, establishment individuals that, uh, that aren't comfortable with that change. And I, I think there's also, there's narrative opponents too, which sort of like, if, if a narrative is out there and, and the public is accepting it, then you kind of like, you create these like passive opponents. And so one narrative that I'm really uh, trying to challenge is around what is economic development? Um, because it's almost always framed in terms of business investment, right? Where is, how is the GDP going? Where are the investments? Where are the new, you know, flashy buildings going up? And I think that um, a, a more people-centered approach to economic development looks at how are our, like, neediest families performing, right? Are they able to, you know, we have a really high uh, percentage of cost burden households in the Lehigh Valley, which means that even if people are able to rent homes or afford and buy homes, they're paying way more each year from their income to, to have that housing than, than, than they should, right? And so that's making it less likely for them to go out and, and visit, uh, you, know, um, uh, you know, go to a movie or go to the Iron Pigs game. Um, uh, it makes it much less likely for them to, to go to local business and to be able to buy food at, um, you know, a local farmer's market where we're trying to support small farmers but it's going to be cheaper to go to Walmart, you know, and pay for food that's been shipped across the country. So um, those those really root causes of like the money in in working families pockets are that's what economic development should look like. But we only frame it in terms of do we see new development? Do we see this outside interest in our in our area? And so that's created. I've, I've noticed that, you know, not really opponents, but it's a narrative that I have to counter at the doors when I talk about 
changing our process of, of uh, approving, you know, say warehouse development. Um, you know, it, I, I'm not fighting a specific opponent there, but there's a narrative that investment is good and growth is good. And we need to sort of counter what that looks like. Right. Something our, our movement faces is this big narrative fight of, you know, if people are going to cut taxes or going to give uh, business development, um, we never hear about how they're going to pay for that or what program they're going to have to shut down versus when we want to actually invest in people in our communities, you know, we have to, we have to show our work up, up front. Mm-hmm. So I think, mm-hmm. I think your put people per, first uh, slogan really, really signif- signifies your, your priorities. Um, I, I want to ask, you, you mentioned how programs like the whole home repairs uh, can, can help with some of the affordable housing things that you're talking about. And, um, you know, when, when, when the movement wins things, like wins whole home repairs, does these other fights where we pass legislation, how, how does that impact your campaign? And John, I want to start with you because, you know, should you be elected county commissioner, you would be in charge of, of a program like whole home repairs. Um, so how, how, do, how can the movement winning on issues support your candidacies? I, I, it's a huge support. It's a huge boon. Not only is it something to talk about, something to actualize, and in this case, you know, those applications are going to be go, go out in the summer. And so in the middle of this campaign season, we're going to have people who are applying and looking for this, this program and, and seeing some of the improvements to their homes. So we're going to see, you know, examples on the ground of what happens when, when we win and how that helps families and who they look like and what those changes look like. Um, and so that's that's really good, um, you know, just sort of from an optics perspective, uh, perspective. But I think it also shows that ideas that are labeled as, you know, too wild or too too new or too risky, um, that they can work, they can be supported uh, broadly, um, and they can they you know sort of retroactively become common sense, obvious ideas. Why haven't we been doing this from the start? Um, and so it gives a little bit of, a, of a, um, a foundation to this is a new idea, and so was whole home whole home repairs, right? That that was a, a new bold up ground up idea, um, and it's working now. It's helping families now. Our new ideas can also do the same thing. So that's that's it's a really um, important uh, um, uh, sort of perspective and justification of this uh, this bold vision that we have as as movement candidates. Rodney, I feel like your uh, your work in the movement is like your your resume for this for this uh, position that you're running for. How how can movement wins? How can building power on issues support yourself? People like you running running for office. Um, well, for me, it's just I, the 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 beautiful thing of me being an organizer and activist through all these years is I've had the opportunity to create deep and meaningful and authentic relationships with folks in the community. Right. Like this is not me. Ronnie, Ronnie Bush running for city council is not Rodney Bush solely running for city council. This is about the folks that I've had conversations with that I've listened to, that I've heard, that we've broke bread and had coffee together. Um, we've really shared and we cried together and really f- spoke openly about the issues that affect us every day. Right. And I'm just grateful that I've had that I have the opportunity to run. Um with the support of the community. So, I mean, for me, it's just a deep, honest, real relationship that I've had the opportunity to have with folks. Absolutely. 
Um, so we, we're we're going to go in a, in a couple minutes, but I did want to ask something I think is pretty unique about about these races up in in the Lehigh Valley is I know that you um, your campaigns or you're part of a slate. I believe you both have have endorsed each other. Um, why why did you decide to to run together as a slate? You're running for different seats. Um, why why should candidates support each other? Run together in these in these types of elections. And John, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Rodney. Yeah, I think um, you know uh, the the hope is winning is not just to win, right? The hope is to govern. The hope is to use the power that we're fighting for um, to make that change. Uh, in order to do that, we need coalitions um, because you know getting one or two elected people here and there is not enough to to make you know to make real change. Um, and so the, in, the sort of endorsement and running together as a slate um, builds a de facto sort of governing coalition that you know you can talk about and again make your your platform and your ideas more realistic and achievable um, both for yourself and to communicate to voters. Um, and uh, the other thing it does is I think it shows that um, that there is you know agreement and disagreement but alignment on a lot of issues, right? So if I go um to a door and someone's a strong supporter of rodney like we're gonna first of all that person and i will be talking about different things because i'm running this for a different office um but i'll have a different perspective and a, and a you know complementary perspective on on um some of these issues and so um it shows like oh these people may disagree or have some differences of of sort of vision on a certain issue but they're also supporting one another and that shows how how coalition building is working like in in action um and so i think a voter having to to see that and and process that these three candidates who might be talking about different things um, are all supporting one another shows that this is a, a living, breathing, learning movement, and we need to work together um, to uh, to win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it's a, definitely an honor. I've uh, marched and worked alongside John um, several years ago, uh, and, and we continue to have, keep a relationship. So I definitely trust and endorse him in the space that he is, that he is stepping into. Um, and I know that when he gets into that space that we, we that he's the right guy for that. He's going to make sure he leads, lead, leads us all in a great direction. Um, that's a B, um, just like what John had mentioned, you know, like, how do we, how do we continue to work together even past the campaign, um, and, and at different levels, right? So if, if John's, if when John's pushing all the, all his stuff through, I can align with that and he can align with me. Um, so I, I think I think that's that that's the power and and you know just being progressive that we are right like if, if I get into the seat and I'm by myself that that I'm I'm a I'm alone right so you know I'm going to get devoured right but if I have conversations with John and with other folks that um, you know the High Valley uh, stands up has endorsed you know like Cece like that that we we can swing votes now like not swing but we could win certain policies and laws that we really, the city needs. Like Cece's not in there by herself anymore, right? So she'll have me and Natalie um, in there and right in the same support that, that we'll also be showing with John. So that that's the beautiful thing about running on the slate. I love that. We're not, we're not just running to win, we're running to actually transform our communities. 
Y'all, John and Rodney, thank you so much for joining us today. I know your election is in less than a month, so I'm sure you both are very busy, but it is such a privilege to get to hear from our, our Lehigh Valley Stands Up endorsed candidates who are running for office. Folks who are listening, you can find information about how to support John and Rodney's campaign in the show notes here. And Lehigh Valley Stands Up will be canvassing every Saturday in support of John and Rodney and the rest of our endorsed candidates. John and Rodney, good luck in these next few weeks and let's go win. Yeah, thanks so much. Yes, thank you. Thank um, you. Really good conversation and glad that uh, glad that we're continuing to talk about these issues in more and more places. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Um, please rate, subscribe, share this with your friends, with your enemies, right? We got to put our enemies on blast too. We've been talking about it. Um, and make sure you get out there and support your local candidates running for for um, your local elections. And if you live in the Lehigh Valley, check out John Irons, Rodney Bush, the Lehigh Valley stands up slate, and let's go get them elected. Election day is May 16th. The deadline to register to vote is May 1st. So make sure you got everything in order to elect people-powered candidates this May. Until then, I've been your host, Pele Ergen-Gleden, and don't forget, Pennsylvania is for all of us. We'll see you in the streets.